Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Associate Pastor Rev. Dr. Terry Stubblefield. Today we're talking about remembering is so important. We're talking about the importance of retelling, remembering, repeating. Our text today comes from Nehemiah 8, verses 1 through 8. All the people came together in the square. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, and Ezra brought it out. He read it aloud, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra opened the book, and as he opened it, all the people stood up. The Levites instructed the people in the law, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. The people were weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah said, This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In 2 Timothy 3.14, Paul writes, Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians 11.24 and 25, Jesus, during the Last Supper, when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. He also took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we have some verses here that tells us the importance of remembering. Now this comes after Nehemiah and many of the Jewish people come back to Jerusalem after being in captivity. When Nehemiah comes back in chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, he says, the words of Nehemiah, one of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and weep. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then in chapter 2, he goes to see for himself. And we read, I went to Jerusalem. I sat out during the night. I went through the valley gate. I examined the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on. And there was not enough room for my mount to get through. And then I said, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem is in ruins. The gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Now, when Nehemiah got back to Jerusalem, he probably thought, what a mess. Maybe we should have stayed home, which is Babylon now. Our God has punished us. Our God has not blessed us. The people that Nehemiah has led back to Judah were amazed and disappointed and discouraged by what they saw. This was their homeland. They had longed to come back home for so long, but oh no. Well, the background of this story was centuries before, Israel had set its peak of glory and power and riches under King Solomon. And after his death, the nation split into two countries, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And there was a slow decline in both countries in power and prestige and wealth, mainly because the kings that led the people into idol worship and careless disregard for the true Jehovah God. Centuries before, God had given the Israelites wonderful gifts as he promised Abraham. They were given land and security and prosperity. And the memory of these gifts and that relationship with God bound the Israelites to God 
and each other. But as the years passed, the Israelites grew careless and cynical and even grew away from their God. And that explains how they ended up being invaded, deported, and losing their homes. Because of this forgetting, forsaking God and worshiping idols, Israel, the northern kingdom, was invaded and defeated and deported by the Assyrian army in 722 BC, and they never returned. The Assyrians were good at war. They were ruthless. They were brutal. They demolished cities. They deported people to other lands. And their policy was to take the gods of the nation they invited, invaded their statues, their religious symbols, and relocating the conquered people to other parts of the empire to break their morale and their nationalism. Well, the northern kingdom of Israel had not been a righteous people because they did not have a righteous godly king since Solomon. And after the Assyrian invasion and deportation, they never came back as a nation. And we refer to them as the Lost Ten Tribes. The smaller southern kingdom of Israel flip-flopped between worshiping Jehovah God and false gods. Judah was invaded and defeated and many deported in 598 BC, about 125 years after the northern kingdom fell, by the Babylonian army. And they lasted a little longer because they did have periods of revival and returns to God. But most of their kings were also evil and led the kingdom into forsaking God. Babylon had taken many captives to their back to Babylon, but some Jews remained in the rural areas as well as the poor, the sick, and the disabled. Well, today's text tells us of Nehemiah leading a group of Jews back to Jerusalem after they'd been captives, aliens in Babylon for 70 years. They had tried to keep their culture, their values, their religion alive while in captivity by establishing synagogues, worshiping on the Sabbath, They'd been encouraged by the prophets Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and they were promised that they would return after 70 years. They were not technically slaves in Babylon, but they were to work for the empire, and they were heavily taxed. They missed their homes, and the elders told the stories of the former life in Palestine to remind them of the good old days. And we read in Psalm 137, By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down and wept when we remembered Jerusalem, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Well, that brings us to today's lesson. This book, Nehemiah, is a first-person account of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem after the exile and the return of the Jews to Jerusalem. Nehemiah had a position in the palace of the Persian king as an aide, and when he received this report of the conditions of Jerusalem and the people there that made him very sad, he went to the king and he asked for help. Well, the temple had been rebuilt, but the city was still in ruins. The Persian king gave Nehemiah leave, an army escort, supplies, letters for safe passage through the kingdom, and timbers from the king's forest. Well, the wall is completed, and in chapter 8, the assembly is called to celebrate and bless the wall, the city, and the people. And in our text for today, in Nehemiah 8, Ezra stood on a wooden platform made for this day, he opened the scroll of Moses in view of the people, and he began to read. He read all day. He was assisted by the Levites, who helped the people to understand by explaining and interpreting. The people listened. They wept at the words of Moses, Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites. And they were told not to cry, but to rejoice that this day is holy. Spread the news and celebrate. They continued reading and celebrating for seven days, then they had a solemn assembly on the eighth day for confession of sins, repentance, and worship, and they promised to serve God and worship in the temple.
Well, there was these memories of past gifts and blessings from God and the stories from their parents, their grandparents, and others in their community. That was the glue that kept them together and kept them close with God. But as the years passed, they forgot that bond. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know what was expected of them to do or to whom they were accountable. And by the time Cyrus, the Persian king, told them they could go home, they had forgotten much of what they knew about their own religion. And their return was disappointing. So Ezra and Nehemiah step up and they organize a series of urban renewal projects to rebuild the temple, the city walls, the streets, and the houses. And when the walls were finished, they celebrated, as we read in Nehemiah chapter 8. Well, still, the situation was unsure. The Persian Empire still dominated and taxed them heavily. Enemies around them threatened them. There was so much to be done. They needed guidance and assurance. So Ezra opened the scroll and it began to read its stories. The creation, Noah and the ark, Abraham and Sarah, Joseph and the coat of many colors, God releasing them from slavery in Egypt, Moses and the Ten Commandments, God's instruction for creating a faith community. And the purpose of Ezra reading the scroll, the purpose of us reading the Bible and for our sermons is to get the meaning it has for us and for them. Ezra read the scroll. The people discovered where they were in the story God was writing. And Ezra told them, this is a day of remembering who we are and who God is. So the story ends with the people celebrating and sharing gifts of food because their wrong season of separation from God was over. Their great memories were alive again. They could face the hard work ahead because they were assured of God's love, guidance, and strength. Well, did that happen? It did. Could it happen again? It could. Maybe we don't know the contents of the Bible, God's word, like we should. What is the Bible? It's God's gift. It's God speaking to us. Now, God speaks to us in many ways, through the arts, through science, through friends, but the primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible. And the starting point for discovering the truth about God and ourselves is to read this gift and use it. And it's a pretty big book, but it's no larger than many textbooks. So where do you start? Well, the Gospel of Mark is probably the earliest account of the life of Jesus. Then you have Acts, the history of the church. Then the other Gospels, the story of Jesus. The letters of Paul to the early churches the Old Testament stories. And if this is all new, maybe start with a translation or a paraphrase in conversational English like the Message or the New International Version or the Common English Bible. Then seek out knowledgeable people and friends whom you can discuss and find meaning with. And we know we're getting somewhere when we begin to see ourselves in what we're reading and when we begin to involve the Bible in the decisions we make. Remembering is important. It's the Bible is filled with stories of people who have met God. These people are our people. So when we sing songs that we've sung before, when we have sermons on topics that we've heard before, when we celebrate communion every month, when we have Sunday school lessons that perhaps we've heard before, all this is to remember. And we want to read the Bible because we want to remember who God is, who we are, what we believe, so that we'll know
Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.